0: On this episode of Resi Week, we talk coronavirus affecting shipping, 8K Premier League games, the Surge X Squid and Black Wires Guardian League Prevention. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week.
1: The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is this AV, is AV Nation. Nation. This is AV Nation.
0: This is Resi Week, episode 213, Don't Be Obsolete. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Access Networks
2: and by Draper, focused on innovative solutions.
0: Welcome to Resi Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for AVNation.TV. And this week, I am pleased to be joined by two of my longtime friends. First, we have Louis Frank. He is the owner of LED Systems. How are you, sir? Great. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. Then we have Ron Callis. He is the CEO of One Firefly. How are you? I'm good, sir. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Gentlemen, we are going to start off the show with the story that won't die. Can, can I make that? Yeah. That's, a, ter- that's, that's that
2: a terrible pun.
0: Isn't it though? It's the story that won't (laughs) die. The global (laughs) CE supply chain is going to slow due to the coronavirus outbreak. This comes to us from CE Pro. And just a minor aside, I don't think I'm alone in this. I'm guessing you guys are, or experienced this as as we went to talk about this story. The new pop-up on the CE Pro website, good God, it is annoying. I don't o- know. Hopefully O-M-M-G. someone's listening. Right? <laughs> I'm not <laughs> the only one.
2: I'm I sure. was trying to find a store. I, I was actually just there. Uh, what is today? Today's Monday. So I was just late last week on the site trying to do research. I, I want to say it was around um, the upcoming CE Pro Awards Yeah. because mm. those are due in April yes. for submissions And so I was there trying to find out about some of those words and my God, I couldn't get to the page unless you completed the pop-up. I wanted to throw a shoe at my screen. It was very
0: frustrating. (laughs) There's a reason many people don't read Washington post or New York times beyond one article a month because they have the stupid pop-ups. This is the same bloody problem. Uh, if anyone happens to be listening from CE Pro and i, I i'm going to send an email or two but please change that Good
2: you goal. couldn't get around it like normally you
0: at all if you don't fill it out you're not going anywhere
2: i it, it was it's, my <sighs> it was really interesting. as the marketer i mean i'm in the world of pop-ups and you know list building <laughs> and all that jazz i get it but to alienate an, an entire industry and not let them Ooh. through the gates unless you give them your contact information, that, it's that was bold.
1: They, they sent me to every article but what I wanted.
0: It's a bold move, Cotton. <laughs> bold move. <laughs> All right, now that we covered that, uh, l- let's dive in real quick. If you haven't been following this, uh, LG pulled out of ISC. Uh, we're seeing a whole lot of rumors, so we say, that shipping is going to be delayed, that even if your main supplier uh, is not affected by this and and does not have their ports shut down because of this virus outbreak that some of their suppliers most likely are uh, in this article I, I was actually really impressed that they were able to get someone on the record uh, in this case nortech uh, talking about the 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 supply chain issues that this is going to going to have and Our industry is not immune from this. We're not the only ones dealing with this. Louis, I want to start with you on this. I'm assuming that your company is a lot like my company, where you deal with projects, for the most part, in an on-demand situation. You don't warehouse much. No. Yeah, you're right. I don't. Uh, Looking at the outcomes, I, I, I saw from one of the bulb manufacturers for stage lighting, that in the U.S. they have a three week supply left and this was last week and then they are going to be out. They're trying to bring stuff in from Europe because they're running low on bulbs. This is going to hit our industry real quick. What can what can we do as, as business owners to either prepare ourselves or prepare our clients for the potential interruption of supply?
1: I have not experienced it and um, the shortage I order on demand. I mean, when the client wants 80 grand worth of stuff, they're gonna give me a check for the equipment and I'm gonna purchase it and like you, I don't inventory $100,000 worth of stuff. Um, I have not, honestly though, I have not changed a light bulb in a projector in probably two years because I freaking went to laser. It was a little more expensive, so I don't have that issue surge protectors, cables, things like that. I still haven't noticed noticed a problem, but I do know on a project that's coming up where we have 12 TVs, I told the client, look, with everything going on, shipping being a problem, I need you to order your TVs right now So, because I, I know I got them in stock. And if you want them by the time the project starts, we've got to have those now.
0: I will say th- that's the, the other big kicker that I keep hearing. Uh, and, and again, it, it's all... Hyperbowl at this point, but that, you know, TVs, if that container doesn't leave in a month, you're going to be short that container. Ron, is this a, and again, I'm well aware that this is not an industry specific problem. I know we're not the only ones going to be dealing with this. If, if Lewis can't get his TVs, neither can Best Buy. It's going to be that big of an issue if it happens. But is this, is, is this a, does this hint towards a, a bigger problem with the current HTTP model of on-demand, or is it is it just a nature of of how we have developed doing business?
2: Uh, that's that's an excellent question. I I think the marketer in me simply wants to tell you and the audience the best thing we can all do is communicate openly, honestly, transparently with our customers. And the good news is, let's say, unlike the the trade issues with China, where maybe the effect to the consumer, your consumer, was a little less directly linked. It was a little hard to exactly track. Everybody on planet Earth today is hearing every other piece of media on radio and TV talking about the coronavirus. There are no surprises here. And so I think simply leading and getting in front of the the issue it could affect your customers i think lewis's idea to communicate with customers and say i need you to place your orders now not typically in the timeline when we would say historically have you place that deposit and i would place that order let's try to get ahead of this i think that's a brilliant idea and uh, i think it's just the, the nature of the beast i mean big picture i think our economy is strong i think our industry is strong i think we're poised for fantastic growth I loved the story in CE Pro just in the past week from Tim Costello talking about the demographic millennial wave coming through society over the next 25 years. I think America is poised for exceptional growth. This is definitely a blip on the radar and this needs to be dealt with. It is real. It does have the potential to affect us economically in our businesses today. And we need to be eyes wide open in terms of preparing for that. Um, you know, the, uh, stating what I know both of you gentlemen know, if, if the media simply gave as much coverage to the common flu as they <laughs> are to this, I mean, everyone would think the world's been on fire for the last uh, 10 centuries. Uh, this is the new thing. It is serious. I'm not making light of it. But uh, I would venture to say it might be a little less bad than maybe the media is making it out to be. But I'm not a doctor. This is not professional advice. No.
1: Matt? can i say something else real quick yeah i talked to my customer just what um what was just said and they are not feeling a crunch and the money's still there to spend they still have money and they still need technology and as long as like like you said stay in front of it they're going to spend the money if you can meet the expectations and and they're okay with those expectations if you if you're straight with them up front
0: yeah i think that's always the biggest takeaway is communication is key. I, I would
2: also add, Matt, the stock market, at least here in the U.S., was ripe for a correction. Yeah. This is a really good excuse for a correction. And, um, you know, I, I don't have the feelings that and, and the tea leaves that I'm reading uh, to indicate that this is now, you know, the beginning of the end for our 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 economy. I think it's... It's going to hurt a little bit, rightfully so. Global supply is affected, but uh, we just got to troop through it and, you know, the strong survive.
0: I think it's, again, like anything, stuff happens. Just pay attention to it, communicate, and keep moving. Speaking of keeping moving, we're going to move on to our next story. This comes to us from The Verge and Tom Warren, I believe. Yes, Tom Warren. Arsenal is Uh, going to have a performance that is going to be filmed in 8K uh, this summer. It's a combination between BT Sport and Samsung. They're going to host a ton of, well, maybe not a ton, but a bunch of 8K HDR Premier League games. Ron, I want to start with you on this one. First of all, I started in broadcast. This story I loved. I love seeing the inside of the control rooms, of the trucks. I, on one hand, cringed when I saw the cable management and then went, yeah, it's production, this is what happens. Uh, Loved looking at the gear and going, yes, I know what that is, I know what that is, I know what that is, I know what that is. But uh, me geeking out aside, Ron, when you see this, they're talking about obviously filming in 8K, having it available in the arena for 8K, and then they're testing deployments to try and get some level of compressed 8k into some homes. Again, it's, it's highly dependent on the compression, right? Uh, having fiber to the house, uh, as well as a couple other things, including the latest 8k TVs, but does this show a really the first Western push into ultra resolutions? Um, the, the Japanese have been have been filming in 8K for a while. They've done the Olympics and broadcasted it uh, locally in Japan in 8K. But we have not seen anything like this in in Western society. Is this the first? Obviously, it's the first real step, but is it the first kind of true test bed to start to see this expand?
2: Yeah, I. The answer is yes. The you know the the typical home in America is is getting somewhere. Right around, and I was actually just reading this white paper last week for a presentation. But Cisco's white paper, where they talk about uh, analysis of internet feeds globally, you know, the the typical home in America, and I'm I'm not going to quote this fact exactly right, but I, I want to say it's somewhere around maybe 50 megabytes per second or something. Well, mm-hmm. in this story, they're talking about this 48 gigabit stream, uh, c- uh, compressed down to 70 megabytes looked yeah. almost identical they said if you were right on the screen you could see a little bit of fuzz on the players jerseys i tell you what 70 megabit per second i mean i in my house i live in fort lauderdale my community has uh at&t fiber feed mm-hmm. my house is getting about nine consistently about 900 uh megabyte per second up and down uh all day long now i'm not a fan of you know, European soccer, uh, you know, so I, I would not subscribe, (laughs) but if, if the idea that my internet speed was enough and I now could, uh, uh, view that, and of course you have to go out and buy that 8k TV. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's good news for our industry. Our industry is always looking for the new, exciting technology. And if this vendor and others come online, I'm assuming there'll probably be similar solutions for the upcoming Olympics. Uh, then that's the reason our industry gets to get out and talk about a reason to bug, you know, buy and upgrade into an 8K TV. Without the content, it's hard to make that sale.
0: Yeah. Lewis, I love Ron's point at the end there. Without the content, it's hard to make the sale. We've been watching the manufacturers push next gen, next gen, next gen, right? First 4K came and then 4K HDR came. And then, of course, they started with 8K over the last two years. We've seen it. Uh, I, I've personally seen the upconvert from Samsung in their, you know, 4K and then their 8K, which is an upconverted 4K uh, for a regular 4K stream. Seeing this, seeing what's going on, at what point do you start to make the pitch to your clients to at least prepare infrastructure? For 8K, uh, three years ago. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> honestly, but at the same time,
1: residentially, over the last six months, I haven't sold maybe but three 4K displays. They've all been 8K, even though there's no content with the infrastructure, the wiring. Like like you said, 900 meg. I got 600 meg download speed with suddenly Link cable and AT and T in Dallas fiber and Frontier. Which used to be Verizon FiOS, man, they've got gigabit technology, and so a f- upconverted 4K properly, properly integrated is pretty freaking nice on an 8K Samsung or a Sony. It's beautiful, hmm. and put them side by side, and a regular 4K and an 8K upconverted 4K on an 8K display, it's amazing. And honestly, the client hasn't bit back one bit, hasn't had one problem spending an extra three to six hundred bucks on a beautiful 82 inch.
0: Is that just, is that just a nature of it's the new generation? It's what's available or is it a, is it an actual pitch?
1: Well, it's true because it's an actual pitch. And and as a designer, I, I have to think from a perspective of functionality and upgradability and, and the first and most important thing we teach to our clients is network is king. Mm -hmm. Number two, don't be obsolete. And with an 8k display or with, 900 meg or one gig internet coming into the home and proper wiring i'm i'm less obsolete than a lot of people
0: yeah very much so Love it. All right, gentlemen, let's move to our next story of the day. This comes to us from Residential Tech. Today, the Surgex Squid is going to streamline your power and network management. Uh, one, if you don't know Surgex, you should. If you don't know the Squid, uh, you're about to, but also check out our interview from ISC. Uh, we we talked to the Surgex people directly about this unit. What the surge, or sorry, What the Squid does is it gives you the ability to have networked Uh, IP power control as well as both AC and DC including all the analytics and whatnot that you'd expect to see from Surgex. Ron, I want to start with you on this one. Surgex uh, obviously has been well known for quite a while. The Squid is kind of I don't want to say it's their first foray into this type of uh, model or market, but it's honestly one of the first units I've seen on the market that's doing what it does it it's designed originally for huddle room spaces you can put it behind the display and have all of your other devices connected directly into it for power management all the jazz this is something that as system designs in homes is is continuing to evolve continuing to change we're seeing more in-room sources in-room devices opposed to centralized systems is something like this a device that, one, dealers should get to know, and, two, that they should start to learn how to integrate this kind of thing newfang- not newfangled, but <laughs> new system and new design process?
2: Yeah, I don't see how this isn't an instant success for Surgex. I mean, what you can, first of all, say about Surgex is their dealers – are loyal advocates and fans of that brand. Uh, uh, For the record, I have a Surgex UPS over here in my closet (laughs) running my network, protecting my network. and also the other box, I don't know, Lewis. You might be able to help me out with the model number—the one that's protecting the feed in, that's actually feeding the UPS.
1: Yeah, I can't remember that either. But yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's good so, stuff.
2: I mean, I went straight to Jimmy and his team, and and he he advised me on what was what was best because I, I you know I have a robust investment in my network and run my business out of my home office, and so it was paramount. So in the out there in the, the residential space, which is really my wheelhouse. I mean, as, as you mentioned, you know, Matt, you have dealers putting many sources now behind TVs and those TVs are, are now not, are the sources are not necessarily sitting in the rack being streamed out from a centralized source, but more and more you're seeing those local sources at the TV, behind the TV. And this is, this is made exactly for that application. Now you have, I want to say this is the first time Surgex on a device like this has put a, an ethernet port. They're now giving you all the power of the Envision product suite and software for power analysis. So if you want to talk about eliminating that ghost in the machine, things randomly not working and or randomly blowing up, well, what better than to actually have the full analysis capability for the power feeding all of the gear. And then of course, all of the ability to switch those outlets cycle them in order to get a reboot cycle done. So I, I think I would imagine this is going to be a big hit.
0: Yeah, I agree. Lewis, when you look at this and, and we know that there is a large proponent of residential integrators that are, they're flirting, shall we say with light commercial, this has, as I said off the top, this is designed for huddle room spaces. This is something that they can use in those light commercial situations all the time how do you go about determining and really testing and i know with Surgec, we don't really need to do that their 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 name backs them up but how do you go about testing products like this and go this is this is awesome i can use this in my like commercial i can also use this in my residential this has the potential to replace a bunch of other either products or vendors how do you go about uh, making those determinations on the commercial side,
1: it's funny. I'm sitting here and I'm getting texts and emails because there's a, a a conference room where I have a similar device, but it doesn't have the really cool 12 volt or 24 volt uh, deals on it. And they're saying, Louis, I, I and I can sit here remotely and reset and turn on things. And I automat- immediately knew one of the power outlets was off because the firmware update on the Mac Mini didn't turn the firm didn't turn the Mac Mini back on. And that's why it wasn't working. In the residential world, we've been using this for a long time. Um, Doesn't have, like I said, the 12-volt or 24-volt. But when I present those proactive emails and text messages that can come from these types of products, especially this product that can say, you know, before that 8 o'clock boardroom meeting or before they sit down for the Super Bowl, and I can proactively call and say, hey, your TV didn't turn on, or hey, you've got a network issue, or you lost power to all these four devices plugged into the Surgex. The clients have no pushback. They do what they they what they don't want is to turn the remote on and have nothing turn on that was connected to the power surge. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they don't want, and it's it, it, it's a win-win for the client and for the business.
0: Very good. All right, gentlemen, let's wrap this up quickly with a story that comes to us from Aviation Blackwire Black Wire is offering their new guardian link prevention system. Lewis, I I do want to start with you on this, as somebody who uses this and is a dealer of this. um, When you start to see what they're doing, and and if you don't know what the guardian leak prevention is, is it's a system that consists of a valve controller and one or more leak detectors, so that essentially in the event of a water leak from a water heater, a broken toilet, a broken valve, frozen pipes, which some of you will understand, and a bunch of people go, <laughs> what? Um, that's something that we deal with up north all the time. Believe um, it. And then when that happens and it senses a leak, it shuts off your water so you don't flood your house. When you see products like this, and when, when you see somebody like Blackwire push heavily products like this, it, Although this is outside kind of the the AV of being an integrator, how do integrators jump on board with these peripheral uh, product categories?
1: Um, My builders and my clients like me to be the one throat to choke. (laughs) Because... (laughs) If I can handle the shades, the lighting, uh, irrigation, water leaks, AV, IT, then they make one phone call, and if I can offer a, a lifestyle solution, a complimentary lifestyle solution that probably is needs to be integrated anyway, especially if you have broken water pipes up in the north or wood floors and a water leak and you lose twenty grand worth of flooring, I think it's uh, and it's what two hundred bucks, I think.
0: Yeah, it's,
1: it's an easy, easy add-on. That they're willing to pay for,
0: Ron. When you see such a common sense product like this, we we didn't shoot this exact system at ISE, but we talked to uh, the guys from Hero Labs, and they've got a similar product that's that's in the UK. When you start to see HTPs going down these these easy, low hanging fruit sales, how do you encourage them to market this so it's not just an add-on because to me this isn't a really easy avenue to to build your your client base not everybody thinks they need customized av everybody's got water in their house
2: well and more than that the water leak Uh, Bill from the insurance industry (laughs) nationally, it's in the many, many, many billions of dollars. Mm -hmm. So this one, when I I saw this come across the plate, you sent this over, I I had to give a bit of a chuckle. I've actually been involved with the Guardian brand uh, for about four years now um, with the original product manager. And in fact, I want to say this product was named in my office about three and a half years ago. Uh, I was the, the gentleman, his name is Matt Chakalski. I'm going to give him heads up credit here. He uh, runs an integration firm now out of, the, out of Chicago. And uh, he was uh, on the staff at Alexa, mm-hmm. who is the, the creators of Guardian. And um, so I've been very close to this. I, I think what excited Matt and what should excite our industry about this concept is that uh, this is going to solve a very real problem. For all of your customers, most homes in North America, around the world, will benefit by having a leak protection system. And and what made this product particularly special was the non-invasive nature. You literally could clamp this on to an existing water main and it will turn the valve. I mean, how simple, right? Like, my goodness, who did not think of this But even every system prior to that, you know, Control 4 had a solution, other vendors had a solution. You'd have to cut the line, insert this in line, and between the hardware and the installation, it was a multi-thousand-dollar solution. And when Matt and his brilliant team came up with this add-on, literally strap it onto the pipe, and now you've solved it, it really was a breakthrough. And now, of course, there's knockoffs and spinoffs and copycats globally around this solution. The net result, I think, is the consumer wins as long as the integrators are of mind to see this type of technology and incorporate it into their designs. I can't imagine a homeowner wouldn't be thankful or appreciative that an integrator brought this to the surface.
0: Heck yeah. Very good. All right, gentlemen, let's wrap it up there. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Lewis, if people want to connect with you, learn more about LED systems, where can they do that? www.ledsystemsllc.com Excellent. Thank you, sir. Ron, my friend, if people want to connect with you, learn more about One Firefly or catch your uh, Automation Unplugged podcast, where can they do that? Sure.
2: Just go to OneFirefly, that is O N E firefly.com and uh, navigate around lots of content there.
0: Beautiful. Thank you, sir. Thank you both again for joining us. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D Scott and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please visit Aviation, not TV where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of our other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week.